Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Look at your piano tonight or your dining room table. You'll see smudges or fingerprints that weren't there yesterday, and no dust cloth can take those smudges off. But there is a cream wax that will not only clean your furniture, it will polish it to a high luster and quickly. The fact is, Johnson's cream wax cleans so quickly, dries so quickly, polishes so quickly that using it is practically as easy as dusting. With Johnson's cream wax, you can clean and then beautifully polish a dining room table in less than two minutes. That's because Johnson's cream wax cleans and dries so rapidly. It's immediately ready for polishing. And remember, Johnson's cream wax contains no sticky oil to trap dust. So starting tomorrow, use Johnson's, the cream wax that cleans so quickly, dries so quickly, polishes so quickly. The cream wax that makes cleaning and polishing furniture practically as easy as dusting. That's Johnson's Cream Wax, the fastest wax furniture polish you can buy. In these days of mass production and bargain dress shops, lots of women have never learned how to sew a seam. Or so it would seem. But there's a gal at 79 Wistful Vista who was brought up to see eye to eye with a needle and who always knows where the bodice is buried. Yes, it's Molly McGee of Viver McGee and Molly. Hey, kiddo. What are you making? Hey, Tootsie. What goes with the throbbing bobbin? Hey. Speaking to me, dearie? Yeah. Let the sewing machine cool off for a minute. My gosh, I haven't heard a singer take so much abuse since Hope started ribbing Crosby. <laughs> what are you making? I'm making a new dress. Watch those patterns, dearie. Don't mess them up. I have them all laid out the way I want them. Oh, Okay. If you change them around, I'm liable to wind up with a gauntless evening strap with a drooping placket and five sleeves. <laughs> Look, Dreamboat, why do you have to stab your pretty little lunch hooks full of needle holes? The Bonton still sells dresses. I want to make a dress, dear. Oh? Besides, at the Bonton, I'd have to wait for a fitting, and I need a new dress this afternoon. This afternoon? What for? Is the fleet in or something? <laughs> no, the new president is dropping Harry in. Harry Truman? I... Dropping in here? My gosh, we got to get the piano tuned. <laughs> is, uh, is Margaret coming, too? I never thought we'd no, be... No, no, no. Not President Truman. The new president of Our Ladies Club, Mrs. Armadale. Mrs. Armadale? Mm-hmm. Ain't that the haughty old potato sack that always looks like she was bluffing her way through a reception with a busted garter? <laughs> I think that's a very fair description, McGee. I've never met her myself, but Mrs. Armadale is very important socially in Whistle Vista. Is that a fact? Yeah. Well, curl my pinky and dunk me a crumpet. 
What's so important about her stopping in here? Well, because, dearie, Mrs. Armadale is about to appoint somebody to be a delegate to the ladies' club convention in Chicago. And <laughs> it might be me. You? Go to Chicago? Without me? Oh, no. Oh, it's just for three days. Personally, I don't care too much about going, but it's considered quite an honor to be selected as a delegate. Uh, now then, uh, will you do something for me? Sure, I'll go with you. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I want you to go up in the attic and get, get my dress form. Your, uh, your dress form? Yes. I'm about ready to start fitting this dress. Well, the dress form is... Well, it ain't in very good shape, kiddo. It's kind of chopped up. It's uh, full of holes. Coming all apart. My dress form? Yeah. What's wrong with it? Why should it be all chopped up? Well, you know that last rainy spell we had? Yeah. Well, I got kind of bored, see, so... I thought I'd brush up on the old knife-throwing act I had in Vaudeville. <laughs> Me and Fred Nittany. So the best target I could think of for my knife-throwing act was the... Heavenly days, I hope that isn't Mrs. Armadale already. Peek out the window, McGee, and see who it is. Okay. Hey, has Mrs. Armadale got gray whiskers? Does she wear a navy button in her buttonhole? Not that I know of. Then it's the old-timer. Come on in, old-timer. Oh, hello there, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Hey, what's going on here? Looks like you're having a taffeta pull. <laughs> no, Molly's running up a new dress, Oldtimer. Well, good for you, daughter. Sure like to see a woman make her own clothes. Mama made all us kids' clothes. My sister wore made-over flower sacks all through high school, even. Flower yeah. sacks? Yep. Come a windy day once, and from then on, my sister was known as Madam XXX. <laughs> Take it all back. She makes your clothes, too? Nope, I inherited mine from Papa. Oh? Peculiar thing about them pants are Papa's, too. I had to bust into a run to get them past the saloon. <laughs> it kind of turned in automatic. <laughs> I'm kind of tired today, though, kids. I've been babysitting all morning. Oh, who's baby? My sister's. He's 11-year-old and honorary as a bee-stung mule. <laughs> Sister's too little to handle him, and his old man is on the road, so I have to go over now and then and sit on him. <laughs> yes, sir, sit on him. I'm, I'm the best babysitter they ever had. <laughs> and I count if I got such sharp hips, you know. He finally decided to behave himself, eh? Well, I finally rocked him to sleep, Johnny. Oh? Took a rock as big as my head, but I done it. <laughs> Now I'm almost too tired to take my piano lesson. Piano? Do you play the piano? Well, not yet, daughter. Got off to a wrong start with my lessons, and I'm just now beginning to get the hang of it. What were you doing wrong? I was trying to play by ear, but oh. it gave me such a headache, I had to start using my hand. <laughs> well, see you later, kid. Come on, McGee, uh? about that dress form... You say it's no good because you used it to practice your knife-throwing act? Yeah, gee, I'm sorry, baby. If I'd known you were... Oh, that's gonna... all right, dearie. You'll do just as well. You're just about my height. Just about my height, and I can correct the measurements as I go along. You mean me? I gotta stand here and wear a dress while you... Hush! You demonstrated your knife-throwing. Now I'm going to show you my pin-throwing act. Yeah, but my gosh, my... Hush. What... Take off your coat and hold up your arms. Ah, oh, for the jeep. The King's Men and 
you was. I'm calm, but not collected. Your every slight little glance disturbs. My pronouns you've affected. And look what you've done to my verbs. If you were to ask me who the sweetest one I knew was, I'd say you was. If you were to ask me who my favorite point of view was, I'd say you was. When you're not near, my heart is inclined to waste away. But when you're here, the funny part is, my heart is a spherical, lyrical miracle all the day. If you were to ask me who the apple of your eye was, I'd say I was. If you were to ask me who your sweet potato pie was, I'd say I was. Supposing you paid a visit to a certain preacher, supposing you overheard me practice and I do, and you were to ask me who the bride and groom to be was, I'd say we was. Me and you, I've got a heart that hollers when you're not close to me. But when you're near, it sort of follows. There isn't a lovelier heaven, a bubblier place to be. If you were to ask me who your extra special guy was, I would say indubitably, irrevocably, I was. And if I were to ask you who your rainbow in the sky was, please say permanently, indefinitely, I was. Suppose they heard that you were shopping for a trousseau. Suppose that I bought you something old and something new. And then you borrowed something blue. And they were to ask you who the bride and groom to be was. We say we was, me and you. Molly, you got this material pinned around me so tight I can't breathe. You got me gasping like a fresh-caught flounder. Well, I have to pin it tight, dearie. You're a lot thicker around the waist than I am, you know. Yeah, I know. I should ought to have put on a girdle. That's what I should ought to have done. A couple of guys at the Elks wear them. Hold still. Do they? Yeah, only they don't call them girdles. They call them potholders. I asked one guy why he wore a girdle, and he says it was for morale. Says it helped him keep a stiff upper lap. Hold your arms up. I want to pin the sides higher. That's it. Oh, Gunner, I wish you weren't going to that convention, kiddo. I suppose you'll have a nice trip, but gee, you know how I am with you gone, Molly. Miserable. <laughs> How's that again? I says I'm miserable when you're away someplace having fun, and I'm home by myself. <laughs> Makes me unhappy just thinking about it. <laughs> you certainly don't sound very well. Oh, you're tickling me. <laughs> Come in. Oh, McGee, it's Dr. Gamble. Nice to see you, Doctor. Well, if it ain't the Princess Flint's. Hi, Fatso. Hello, Molly. And good day to... Oh, no. What are you made up for, sack shape? A masquerade, Miss Gruesome of 1949? <laughs> I'm working on a dress for myself, Doctor. He's my dummy. You never spoke a truer word, my dear. <laughs> Although how you can use McGee for a model for a dress for you is beyond me. If you fit that thing to his misshapen contours, it'll come off looking like a pillowcase full of basketballs. <laughs> oh, stop trying, Bustle Bucket. Stop trying. My contours are just as shapen as yours any day. 
Hey, incidentally, what are you doing walking around, measle bait? I thought you were supposed to be sick. Yes. How do you feel, Doctor? Are you all well now? Oh, I feel wonderful, Molly. A week's rest in bed was just what I needed. Yeah? I, uh... I managed to drop a little weight while I was sick, if you'll notice, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's swell, Doc. I, I could tell it right away, too. Could you? Could you really? Sure, I could. Yeah. You must have dropped about 40 pounds. Uh-huh. From your chest down onto your stomach. <laughs> Oh, he makes me tough. See, if you don't mind, Doctor, I wish you'd keep an eye on himself here next week. I'm going to Chicago for a few days to a ladies' club convention. Yeah, how do you like that, Fatso? Leaving me all alone for three whole days. What'll I do? Set fire to the house, probably. Uh, Don't you worry, Molly. I'll keep him busy. In fact, he can help me with an operation tomorrow. I'm to demonstrate a new surgery technique at the hospital. Oh, gee, and I can help you, Doc? Mm-hmm. Oh, swell. What can I do? Hand you the tool? No, all you have to do is just lie still. I'll do the rest. <laughs> Come on, kid. Isn't he a sweet old character, dearie? Yeah. And nobody's fool, either. No, he's everybody's. <laughs> Nothing exclusive about Doc. Hey, well, let's get on to this dress. Yes, girl, let's yeah. see now. Here, yeah, I wish you weren't going away. I get so dad ratted lonesome when you and I are separated. Unless I'm the one that's out of town, of course. In that case, what's the matter? Oh, I can't get this neckline right, McGee. Oh. I'm trying for a sort of dreamy drape, but so far it's more of a drop-stitch droop. <laughs> Turn around, let's see the back of it. Like this? Yes, it looks sort of a... Hmm, that's strange. I don't remember pinning a bustle into this dress, McGee. Well, <laughs> pardon me for a minute, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Come in. Hello, Molly. Oh, Mr. Wilcox. Come in. Hi, pal. How's that? Hey, that a dress you've got on, pal? It ain't a Max Senate bathing suit, Junior. He's just modeling it for me, Mr. Wilcox. Molly's leaving for Chicago. Well, I don't blame her. One look at you in that outfit, pal, and I'd scram, too. What's the gag, kid? Well, I'm making myself a new dress, Mr. Wilcox. I expect to go to the ladies' club convention in Chicago next week to represent the Whistful Vista branch. They're quite a nice hammer. Well, that's wonderful, Molly. You were no doubt selected because you're the type of woman that Wistful Vista is proud of. Yep type of woman for which the women's clubs of this country have become famous. Yep. You're charming, industrious, intelligent. Oh, now, Mr. Wilcox. The type of woman who always knows all the answers. Sure, she knows all the answers. She's heard most of them from me at one time or other. (laughs) Molly is a perfect example of the type of woman who'd never think of trying to run a household without Johnson's cream wax, for instance. Because she knows how cream wax helps her keep her home beautiful. Yeah. She knows how cream wax cleans as it wax polishes her light-colored woodwork and white kitchen equipment. How did we get way out there? Molly knows that cream wax is different because it polishes with wax instead of oil, and consequently dust can't cling to it. Yeah. With but... just a light dusting, a Johnson cream wax finish stays bright for months. Yeah, but what that just to... like thousands of other smart American housewives, Molly has learned how cream wax gives a rich, mellow luster to her furniture and woodwork. Now it keeps a refrigerator gleaming. Hey, hey, all hey, stuff look, around the... look, look, waxy. Yes, pal. You know Chicago, Junior. What do you think makes that town so popular? Well, that's simple, pal, the location. People flock there because it's located in such a great spot. Oh, you mean on the lake, Mr. Wilcox? Lake? I never noticed the lake, Molly, but just think, Chicago's only 60 miles from Racine. Oh. What a spot. <laughs> Have fun, Molly. Go on, pal. <laughs> Fun, he says. A happy, carefree chuckle, and he's on his merry way. <laughs> Why shouldn't he be happy? His wife is staying home with him. 
Let me move this pin here a little. The hem is sagging again. Well, what about me? Three dreary days all by myself. Three days of lonely wandering. From the Elks to the bowling alley and back to the Elks. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't feel so badly about this thing, McGee, but it is an honor, and I really should go if Mrs. Armadale asks me to, because... Oh, dear, another interruption. Mm-hmm. Don't sit down now, McGee. You're full of pins. Dad ratted, why don't people leave us alone? If I have to stand here in this taffeta toga much longer, I'll... Come in. Oh, it's the janitor from the Elks, McGee. Oh. Come in, Ollie. I should have got this dressed off first. Doggone it. I don't want to... Oh, hi, Ollie. Hello, McGee. Hello, missus. I used to come by on my lunch hour. You see, I'm helping Mrs. McGee make a dress, Ollie. This this dress here, see? <laughs> That's how come I got a dress on, see? I'm, I'm helping her make it, see? <laughs> Uh, you ever help your wife make a dress, Ollie? I'm no color girl, McGee. You're the janitor. <laughs> I come by to bring you a message. I don't have to come, you know. I'm on my own time, McGee. Well, that's very nice of you, Ollie. I'm sure Mr. McGee will pay you for your time. I you... don't expect pay when I do errands for McGee. I know when I start, I'm just donating my time. <laughs> Good. What's the message? Let's have it. Well, you asked me to tell you when the last numbers was coming up on the Elf's punch board. I watched the punch board. Yeah, it's coming up, huh? Oh, hey, help me get this dress off, Molly. I gotta rush down there. The last punch wins a radio. You should have phoned me, Ollie. Somebody will punch it before I can now, get it. A... Don't bust your buttons, McGee. Nobody's gonna punch it. Are you sure they won't, Ollie? Sure, I'm sure. I watched the board. I punched the last number myself. <laughs> what? You won the radio? Sure, but don't get excited, McGee. The Elks had that punch board so long, the radio was used to crystal set. Well, thanks for coming over to tell McGee, Ollie. It was very thoughtful of you. Thoughtful, my clavicle. He stole my idea and took the last punch himself. <laughs> Anybody steal ideas from you, McGee? It's only Perry Larson. And I apologize to the Larsons for saying so. <laughs> Well, I still think it was a dirty trick. I don't have to come over and tell you, McGee, you know. I'm making no money on my lunch hour. I'm just donating my time. Yes, he is, McGee, and you should... I go out the side door, missus. I say... Oh, no, not that door. No, no, that's the hall. Don't go...
Say, Molly, how much longer do I have to keep this dress on? I sure feel silly. Standing here with my pants legs rolled up and this Not dress... much longer now, dearie. I've got the hem just about right now, but the sleeves still need a little something. They must be leg of mutton sleeves. I never felt so sheepish in my life. <laughs> McGee, stop dropping cigar ashes on. Oh, well. Here, use an ashtray. Okay. Besides, Mrs. Armadale will be here any time now. Heavenly days, maybe that's... Oh, well. Come in. Relax, kiddo. It's just Latrivia. Hi, Latrivia. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. Well... That's a very pretty dress you have on, McGee. Did the Elks run out of women for their Wednesday Square dance? Oh, cut it out, will you? I'm just modeling this thing for Molly because her dressmaker's form is no good. It's a wreck. Well, I've never met Molly's dressmaker, but if her form is any more of a wreck than you... Oh! Oh, you mean her dress form. Her dummy. Yes, I may go to Chicago for a few days, Mr. Mayor, and I'm whipping myself up a new frock. Yeah. Uh, say, does Miss Tremaine ever make any of her own clothes? She always looks so nice. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, she used to make all her own clothes when she was just starting out on stage. Uh-huh. Oh. A young actress has to save money wherever she can, of course. You said it. Where did Peepy save her money, Latrev? In a makeup box, piggy bank, top for stocking? Or... Well, no, I... I know a juvenile one time who used to paste $20 bills under his toupee. <laughs> he got so rich playing romantic leagues that he wore a size 12 hat and finally... <laughs> Now, McGee, hold still. I want to put another pin in. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> Fifi had rather hard going in those early days. Yeah. Yes, she really tough. had to economize and everything. <laughs> yeah. On, uh, on trains, for instance, she usually took an upper berth because it was lower. <laughs> what was that again, Latrip? I said Fifi often bought an upper because it was lower. You mean the lower berth was higher? Higher than the upper berth, yes. Now, wait a minute. I ain't any Einstein at arithmetic, so you better break this thing down for me. Which was lower, the lower or the upper? The upper was lower. Well, if the uppers are lower, why do they use those little ladders to get into the uppers? Why? Because they're higher than the lowers. You said the lowers were higher. No, no, not higher. No, I, I meant they were more. More what? More higher, you mean. <laughs> How much more higher than the uppers are the lowers, Latrib? Because the lowers are... Oh, stop it. <laughs> You're deliberately trying to confuse the issue. What? I merely stated that Miss Tremaine... Now, 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 relax, thought... Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Leave us not shriek at each other. Let's argue this out quietly. Very well. Why, certainly. We've all traveled on trains. Why, sure. We all know we got two kinds of berths in a train, uppers and lowers. People who are on their uppers can't ride on the lowers because the lowers are higher than the uppers, right? <laughs> yes. So, Mr. Man, could just as well have lowers. Sure. Because if the uppers were lower than the lowers, then the lowers would be higher than the uppers. And the upper would then be the lower. Sure, I didn't what... say Fifi lowered a higher upper. Huh? Higher or lower heaper. Huh? I mean, when I said the hoopers were in the lipper and the lower people. Huh? She climbed into an upper ladder on a lower dipper. Huh? I a loper when the lipper was... <laughs> Had the pipper and the lopper and popper. In the corner, Lord. Popper. 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 
Yes, boy. Can you move around all right in that skirt? Oh, sure, why? Well, I just wanted to know if you could circulate all right. You know that yesterday was the first day of spring. Oh, it wasn't that, wasn't it? So what, Ladrette? Well, it affects me like it does a tree. If the sap can circulate sufficiently, the tree leaves. Good day. <laughs> I bet he meant something by that. I bet he did, too. Now, look, dearie, I'm almost through. Okay. Will you promise to stand still and not burn a hole in that dress with your cigar if I run upstairs and get my thinking shears? Sure, sure, sure. Anything you say if you'll just get me out of this thing. Well, it's almost finished, dearie, and you've been awful good about it. Now, don't jump around, and I'll be right back. Now, take your time, kiddo, and hurry up. Ah, there goes a good kid. I sure hope she don't go to that convention in Chicago. When she's away, all I ever eat is coffee and donuts. I get the heartburn so bad you could fry an egg on my chest. <laughs> but if she wants to go, and I don't think she does... Oh, now who... Come in. How do you do, Mrs. McGee? I am Mrs. Armadale. Oh, oh hi, Mrs. Armadale. But you're a trifle mistaken. I have come, Mrs. McGee, to ask you to represent our ladies' club as a... Oh! Is that a cigar you're smoking? Well, what does it smell like? A cinnamon stick? <laughs> oh, this is dreadful. Smoking cigars. A short haircut. Tennis shoes. Yeah, but look, Oh, Mrs. why didn't somebody tell me? No. Oh, please, just forget that I called Mrs. McGee. Good day. You... Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do you know? <laughs> she thought I was my wife. <laughs> hey, Molly, I just fixed things for you, kiddo. You don't have to go to Chicago after all. <laughs> use a dust cloth so often once you try Johnson's Cream Wax, for you'll find that this wax furniture polish cleans so quickly, dries so quickly, polishes so quickly that using it is practically as easy as dusting. Tomorrow, tell your dealer you want Johnson's Cream Wax. The first chair you clean and polish will reveal the truth. Johnson's Cream Wax is the fastest wax polish you can buy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Red Cross drive for funds is now on. It is your money which is needed to fight floods, famines, and other disasters all over the world. So please give as generously as you can when you're called on. Remember the symbol of the Red Cross, and let's help keep it forearmed. Good night. Good night, all. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Global, Racing Wisconsin and Branch of Canada, bring you to the media, Molly, each week at this time. Be with us again next week, won't you? The kitchens of today can be more beautiful in 1949 because this year there's a better, brighter, self-polishing floor wax. It's 1949 Glow Coat. Yes, bright as it's always been, this year Glow Coat is brighter than ever, better than any. Try 1949 Glow Coat on your linoleum this week. Notice how evenly it spreads. The protective wax finish remains even after repeated damp mopping. Get the self-polishing floor wax that's brighter than ever, better than any. 1949 Glow Coat. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.